Hey everybody, my name is DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. Welcome to our ongoing midweek teaching series, which we've been walking through on Wednesdays in the season of Lent. Whether you're a member at Parker Ford or just joining us online, it's great to have you with us. The last couple weeks, we started a little mini-series talking about spiritual disciplines. Each week, we're talking about a different spiritual discipline. Today, we're going to be talking about fasting. Before we get into the content, let's invite the Spirit of God to teach us and guide us. Would you pray with me today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we invite you to lead us in this topic as we continue to talk about spiritual formation broadly and specifically about some of the spiritual disciplines that the saints have practiced for the last 2,000 years and even before that in the Jewish faith. Uh, Father, we pray that we would continue to be formed deeper into your image. We know that you do this through your abiding spirit, through the word of God uh, being birthed and formed within us. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds, so help us think new thoughts in you today and look more like you as we follow in your way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I have to admit that this week's spiritual discipline and next week, which I'll be talking about next week's solitude, are two of the hardest spiritual disciplines for me. I'm an extrovert and I like eating, and so both fasting uh, as well as solitude can be really difficult to practice, but they're important, and they've been an important discipline that Christians, followers of the way of Jesus, have practiced for thousands of years and have found the presence of God richly in. We've been using the imagery uh, over the last several weeks of a house, and there's a certain spiritual disciplines that are formative ones. They're, they're the foundation, the foundational uh, disciplines of the house. Uh, Richard Foster calls these the inward disciplines. They're the ones that nobody else can really see, um, or at least only the closest, maybe the people who live in that house or the people who are closest to you know that they're there. They're, they're hidden. They're between you and the Lord and your closest uh, companions. And then there's visible or outward disciplines, which we'll start talking about next week. And that's sort of the visible house. Every bit is important. Keeps the rain and the snow out. Keeps you warm. Um, and, and what the, the community, the surrounding community can see. And then there's the corporate disciplines, which I'm using the imagery of the dinner table. And then, you know, we invite people into our home, um, built on the foundation, under the roof, but into our home to share meals with. And that's the corporate disciplines. We've been talking about these foundational ones for the last several weeks, prayer, word, and today fasting. Um, We'll begin to talk about the outward disciplines of the visible house next week in silence and solitude, as well as service. And then the following weeks after that, we'll talk about the corporate disciplines or the dinner table, and we'll look at confession and worship. Speaking of fasting, Richard Foster says, fasting must forever center on God. This is really important. I'm going to read that again. Fasting must forever center on God. Before I get to the rest of the quote, let me talk about that for a moment. It's really easy uh, to be confused about fasting and, and the other spiritual disciplines for that matter. And sort of think of them as like a power-up in our spiritual lives. Like, oh, if I just do that, then I'll be more of a spiritual person. I'll be closer to God, and therefore I'll have more authority, or I'll be able to, to do more powerful things. Early on in my pastoral ministry, not here at Parker Ford, at a, a previous uh, place of ministry, um, I had a difficult meeting coming up with someone, and they knew it was going to be a difficult thing because we had been challenging one another, um, and uh, he knew I was going to be talking to him about some some various things going on um, in his life, and so he spent a period of time uh, fasting 
Um, and he admitted to me that the, the purpose of that was to be more powerful coming into the meeting. Now, we, had a, we ended up having a great conversation. We talked about fasting. You know, fasting is not meant to be like a, a potion that we take that boosts us or makes us more powerful. Listen to what Richard Foster says. Fasting must forever center on God. Fasting is about the person and the presence of God. Foster goes on to say, it must be God-initiated and God-ordained. Like the prophetess Anna, we need to be worshiping with fasting. Every other purpose must be subservient to God. Like that apostolic band in Antioch, fasting and worshiping the Lord must be said in the same breath. And so fasting is centered on God because it's not an act of spiritual power up in our own lives. We're not trying to get better or stronger or cleaner before God or other people. But as we fast, we're actually doing it as a spiritual act of intimacy and worship with the Father. And so worship and praise and adulation of God, it centers on him as we ascribe to him the glory due his name. And so fasting centers on God. Jesus gets right to the heart of this in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6 when he says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. This isn't about you, in other words, Jesus says. This isn't, this isn't for you to receive glory from other people. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. In other words, the only reward they're going to get is the praise of the people who see them doing that. Verse 17, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And now here we should all be asking the question, what is the reward? What is the reward that the father will give as we fast in secret, as we seek him in secret. And don't do it to show off. Don't do it so that other people know we're doing it, but do it in order to seek and worship the Father. What is the reward? And the reward is clearly the presence of Jesus, the presence, the abiding presence and goodness of his very spirit, his very essence, his very word, his very goodness and love and work within us, dwelling within us and among us. He is our reward. Everything else pales in comparison. He is the treasure that we sell everything to go after. He's the pearl that the merchant found and sold everything he had to seek after, or the treasure buried in the field that the man found and buried it again and sold everything he had that he could buy that field. Jesus is the reward. And so when we fast, we're not seeking to boost our own spirituality. In fact, quite the opposite. We're growing weak we're growing foolish and we're doing it in silence and solitude. We're doing it in the secret place that we might give glory to God and grow closer to him in our walk and our relationship with him. Here's our weekly challenge when we come uh, to thinking about this spiritual discipline. I want to invite you to pick out something important to you to say no to throughout the next week. That could certainly be food. It could be a type of food. It could be a specific meal of the day. Um, or it could be something uh, that's important to you that, you know, Instagram or Facebook or watching cable news or, you know, a way that you spend your time regularly that's important to you. I want you to pick out something important to you and I want you to say no to that. Well, even if it's a really good thing, like eating, <laughs> eating, with, eating food with your family is a very good thing and it's meant to be done. But 
what fasting does is it says no to a good thing for a period of time in order that we might focus on something else. So this week, pick out something important to you and say no to it throughout the next week. And then uh, secondly, utilizing this time that opens up in your schedule. You're not scrolling Facebook. You're not scrolling Instagram. You're not watching the cable news. You got an hour that opens up in the evening suddenly because you're not doing dinner prep. Utilize the time that this opens up in your schedule to say yes to one of the other spiritual disciplines. So one of the things that fasting does for us is it becomes a pathway for us to practice other disciplines like, oh, all of a sudden I have this half hour that I would have spent on Facebook. Now I'm going to intentionally spend it in the Word of God or I'm going to spend it in prayer. I'm going to spend it in serving others or however that is in silence and solitude with God. So say no to something good in order to say yes to something even better for a period of time. And then third, I want to invite you another spiritual discipline which we won't be talking about in this series, but uh, a spiritual discipline nonetheless is to write or journal to capture our thoughts and prayers. So I want you to journal about this process and experience. What did you learn about God and what did you learn about yourself as you did this? As you said no to something good to say yes to something else, journal about the experience and write about what you learned about God and what you learned about yourself in the process. Finally, I want to leave you with the following questions to chew on and wrestle through. How might fasting help build your spiritual foundation? The three spiritual disciplines that we've been talking about the last several weeks as foundational spiritual disciplines are first prayer and then word and then fasting. So how might fasting help you build your own spiritual foundation in your life? Secondly, why did Jesus fast? We know that Jesus practiced fasting. His ministry began with 40 days of fasting out in the wilderness. Why did Jesus fast? And thirdly and finally, why do you think Jesus assumes, he makes the assumption that his followers also practice fa fasting? Notice in Matthew 6 when he says, when you fast. He doesn't say if you fast. He says, when you fast. So why, why does Jesus make that assumption that as we follow in his way that we too will be a people who practice this spiritual discipline? So put these things into practice. Wrestle through these questions. I pray that this is a blessing in your life and that you grow closer, that you receive the deep reward of the presence of Jesus today and throughout your life. And I pray it in his name. Go with God. Have a great week. Be blessed.